0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Three Point Perspective, the podcast about illustration, how to do it, how to make a living at it, and how to make an impact in the world with your art. I'm Jake Parker. I'm Lee White.
1: And I'm Will Terry. And all three of us are professional illustrators, and all of us have worked for all the major publishers. We've uh, together published somewhere around 50 or 75 books or 100 books or 200 books or 500 books, however many. (laughs) A lot. It it changes every week. Uh, Every book. (laughs) <laughs> and we've all taught illustration at the university.
2: Every week, we come at you guys with a different topic in illustration that is fascinating, new, and exciting. And each week, we're going to argue and beat each other up, especially this week.
0: All right. Today, I want to talk about uh, what is keeping you from finishing your project, from, from starting and finishing that, that project that you've always wanted to do. Could be a children's book. Could be a graphic novel, could be an animated short, uh, I don't know, it could be a board game. What are other product, projects we, uh, we artists tend to find ourselves doing? Hmm. I think I covered all the bases there, Books? didn't I? Books? CULPTURE. The book was the first thing I the said. book was
1: the first one. <laughs> yeah, but...
0: Have you okay, guys ever yeah. done much sculpture? No. Uh, not much.
2: Man, it's a lot of fun.
0: I do. I do want to do. Uh, I would like to make a bronze one time. I think that would be cool. To, like, sculpt a thing, cast it in bronze, have it there, pass it down through through uh, yeah. my children, and this is this has been Why'd in our family for that? five generations. What this, would you uh, What
1: would you sculpt that would be worthy of bronze, Jake?
0: Um, it, it would probably be like um.
1: Like one of those crappy skull chasers or something like yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. Okay.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but actually I want uh, to tell tell you about my friend, um, Tim Boyle. And you guys have probably never heard of him because he is not a professional illustrator. He's an architect. Uh, Tim and I grew up together. I met him in kindergarten. We've kept in touch all these years, you know, best buds in high school. Um, we got, um, we got married a week apart from each other and we had our first kid a week apart from each other. (laughs) So, yeah. So I, uh, our, I feel like our lives have always been somewhat connected. Um, and, and all growing up, we were artists. We would draw and he would, he would draw something cool. And then, and then I'd be like, Oh, I got to draw something as cool as that. And so I would draw something cool. And I don't know if, he was feeling the same way, but he'd always come back and be like, well, look at what I drew, you know? Um, And so for, for, so there's always this like a healthy, um, uh, artistic camaraderie between us. Um, But what's cool about Tim. So he went on to, we were both sort of artists in high school and he decided he wanted to go into architecture and follow that path. And I decided I would go into animation and follow that path. And then, I found myself doing comics and, and illustration as well. So that's that's our background. But this last month, he started posting—he uh, posted a page that looked like a, a, a spread from a children's book, and he, it wasn't even that. He posted a cover to a children's book, and it was called Great White Zeke, and it had a picture of a, a, a little baby in the ocean next to a great white shark. And I was like, "What's this? this is cool?" and then every day he posted um a a spread from this children's book. it was uh uh and I realized oh he's 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 basically doing a, a children's book right in front of us <laughs> more hmm. or less and and the story was or is essentially great White Zeke is sort of like a um a Tarzan tale uh, a, a baby raised by apes but Zeke is a baby raised by great white sharks and every day he posted it I thought where's this going is he actually gonna tell a story and it ended up being a, a good story it tells a story it's weird it's quirky it's fun you you would never think to put a baby the like the the most harmless creature with probably the most dangerous looking creature. <laughs> on the planet earth, but to put them together. And, um, and he finished the book and it was, it was, it was lovely. It was nice. He, he posted all the spreads and then he called me up. He's all, okay, how do I get this thing published? Oh no! And I was like, <laughs> all right, here's your options. And so the advice I gave him, I said, um, this, this thing right here, uh, you're, like a major publisher isn't going to be interested in it probably. Uh, a smaller, more independent kind of publisher, uh, definitely a publisher who does animal books or, or something like that would probably be interested in it. Um, your other option is to self-publish it, and and to you could kickstart it to to get the funding to self-publish it. You could fund it yourself. And so we had a few conversations like that. He actually came over for lunch one day and, and, uh, and we talked, we talked about it and he sort of took that all into consideration. And I, I told him everything about that. I know about Kickstarter, basically, like I've done four Kickstarters, five Kickstarters. And, uh, um, and I just said, here's what works. Here's what doesn't work. Here's what doesn't work. And he, it was like two days later, he launched the Kickstarter <laughs> and it funded within two days. And now he's got enough money to get a, a book order made. And he said, now, I, wh- what do I do now that I don't have anything to post about this? Because I already posted um, all the pages online. Like, how do I promote this Kickstarter for the next 30 days? And I said, I don't know, maybe start working on book number two. So he started book number two and he's posting a page a day or a spread every other day or something like that of the, the, the follow-up story to this. Um, and, uh, and then he'll have a second book that he can then um, uh, publish if he wants. But if not, it's, it's still, you know, a reason for him to like, here's a new spread, by the way, if you like this kind of stuff, here's my book. And it was so impressive to me that he, had zero inhibition. He had an idea. He executed it. He had, he launched a Kickstarter for it. And at the end of two months, he's going to have drawn two children's books, have funding to publish the first children's book. And in a few more months after that, have actual physical copies in his hand, um, uh, that he could sell on his website that he could, um, I told him he should contact, um, every uh every gift shop at every zoo aquarium uh, museum and just say hey i've got a book about a baby and a shark and i think those those places would you know order five of them or something like that <laughs> um so it got me thinking like how come i i've i've i myself do this and i know so many other people do this are like yeah this is a children's book i started Uh, it's really not going anywhere. I'm like two, three spreads into it. Uh, I'll I'll get back to it later. I've got other things to do, or you have an idea, you know, you've written a, uh, you've written a story, but you just haven't had time to completely illustrate it. And I've been trying to think what made this guy go from zero to like 60 (laughs) and to get this thing finished. Um, and, and what keeps us from not, from not doing that. Okay, is this live right now,
1: his Kickstarter?
0: His Kickstarter is live right now. If you just type, search, do a search, Great White Zeke, it'll take you to his uh, his Kickstarter. So you guys should check it out. Zeke um,
2: is spelled...
0: Z-E-K-E. There it is. Yeah. So you can see um, <laughs> he illustrated all on uh, Procreate. Uh, he downloaded <laughs> um, some specific watercolor brushes and he chose watercolor because uh you can you can get a lot of bang for your buck uh slapping down watercolors Uh, he says he's used a lot of photo reference um to get the the shark shapes right um and uh and yeah, he 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 banged it out. He knocked it out. I I went through his some of his Procreate files just to see how how he did it and um anyways, really cool that he he uh you know, he did this. Have you guys how often do you see this happen? You have a someone or, or you know someone who's like, "Yeah, I want to do a children's book." And then they actually do it.
2: <laughs>
0: in yeah, <that>. probably, zero. <laughs> probably for everyone
1: that that does it there's ninety nine people that don't,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, so what i want to get, get into dig into today is what what is it that causes the ninety nine to not do it and mm-hmm. and what is it that causes the one the tim Boyles of the world to to knock this out and to actually fulfill their uh you know fulfill their their dream, I don't know if it's his dream, but basically this inkling of an idea that oh, I need to do a children's book, I've got a mm-hmm. good idea. Let's knock it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a few ideas here, but I'm I'm curious. You guys suss this suss this over in your heads. Think it think it through, and and I'd like to hear from your perspective. Um, but one thing that I think stops people uh, from actually f- finishing a project like this is they can't commit to one to, to a decision. You have all these options in front of you. You have all these things to do. And there isn't like a full committal. You don't want to commit to one thing because saying yes to one thing means you're saying no to all these other things.
1: I do, think you mean, that might... do you mean saying yes to working on the project means you're saying no to working on other things?
0: Exactly. That's what okay. I mean. Yeah. Do you think that that would be a, a it, I don't know, in your own experience, has that been a, a problem for you and not finishing things?
1: Yeah. I mean, you're, I think you're, I wrote down some notes for this uh, podcast, and I think that um, there there are uh, there are a lot of factors that are going on subconsciously in our brains that we we often hear. You know, we, you have the voice in. I think in the art of war, it was called the resistance. Is that right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you
1: have the the internal voice. It's the
0: the war of art.
1: The war of art. That's right. Yeah. Um, and it's it's sometimes uh, hopefully you know you're telling your your internal internal uh, voices telling you positive things about yourself and that's that's where um you know doing positive affirmations and mm-hmm. kind of sometimes we have to practice being positive we mm-hmm. have to practice telling ourselves that we're good rather than mm-hmm. constantly bombarding ourselves with we're going to fail but most people are dealing with that they 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 they've had a past failure or two, or three. And they've taught themselves, I'm not like other people who succeed. I'm one of the many who don't do great things. And my belief is that every one of us can do great things, can Mm -hmm. produce great projects, but that we've told ourselves, or we constantly hear that little voice saying, like you were saying, is there something else in the way? Yeah. I could be watching TV. I could be playing a game and starting this project. I'll do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And we and putting it off because there are other things that we need to do. Well, when I get done with all this stuff, then I'll work on my dream. Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 I can and because you gave us this this topic um days ago, I I really thought about it for myself. And I, I have been wanting to do um a book, a a business book that is, uh, you know, teaches illustrators um, how to make money with their art for about a decade. Mm -hmm. And, and I kept saying, well, I'll, I'll finally be ready sometime, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and and you knew I was talking, I've been talking to you about it for years. Right. Yeah. It should be based on when this podcast is released. It should be going right towards the end of the Kickstarter right now. Mm Mm-hmm but the the i was constantly it was such a big project that i was i i remember my thoughts were i would just give myself a a pass and give myself a break and just say i at some point in my life this will happen (laughs) but it's too big for me to start right now and it took the death of my wife to be able to um I needed a project that would bring me back. I need, mm. you know, I I couldn't, I couldn't work. I couldn't draw. Right. I didn't draw for, I didn't draw for three or four months. I just right. every time I would try, nothing would come out. I just, I just didn't have it. Right. That's the point. Yeah, but I could write, and mm. so I I said to myself, I'm just going to write um, three pages of this book a day, and it doesn't matter if I publish it right away i'm gonna i'm just gonna start and this is gonna be the and i it was consciously it was the project that was going to get me back doing something productive yeah you know so i i i don't know based on personal experience i needed a tragedy to get me to 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 wake up and get this thing going i don't really know what the answer is if you're just bumping along in your life and you've got this Mm -hmm. project that you've always wanted to do because you know, I think, everybody I, can
2: I think there's a roadblock. I, I agree with what you're saying, Will, but I think there's another roadblock too. To and also to what Jake's saying with basically opportunity costs. Like, oh, if I do this, then I can't do this other thing. I think the problem that people run into is that they there's so much motivation when you're thinking about a project. I'm going to do a children's book. Oh, I'm so excited about it. And at a certain point, if you haven't done a bunch of projects before, you'll notice that there's a tur- point where it turns and it's not. Fun anymore mm-hmm. it's like now you actually have to do something and all yep. of a sudden it becomes a, mm-hmm. it's a different thing it's all of a sudden it's work it's confusing it's um it, it all that excitement sort of goes away and now you got to start plowing away like how much do you really believe in it and mm-hmm. do, do you believe in it enough to sustain that but i think when people get that first sense of like discomfort when they actually try to start moving forward it's so easy to just say, you know what? I'm interested in this other thing. Oh, I'm so excited about it. And then that will turn into the same thing. It's always work. I mean, every time I led a, a concept design team when we we're working on a project, the first two weeks are the most fun, and then everybody starts to lose in their mojo because it's, now it's work. You actually have to do something, and you're committed right. to it. Um, so, I don't know, just knowing that's there helps me get through that stage because I know it's going to be uncomfortable. And it's so funny because it can be a small project and you still hit that, that moment where it transfers from an idea into something real and, and it's just uncomfortable trying to, yeah. trying to do it. But I also think the reason that Will was able to, to, to plow through and finish that project that you're talking about is that you actually gave yourself a solid thing to work on. So you, and, and then you gave yourself bite-sized chunks to achieve it. So those two things combined is I think the ingredients to doing something is like, I'm doing this project and here's how much I'm going to do today or this week or something like that. That, that, that combination is extremely powerful.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that. I, I've been actually taking some notes here of, of some of the things that, that, that you guys are saying. So how do we, you know, remove these, these roadblocks, one of them being, um, pushing through, I think it's called the dip, right? So there's like an excitement level at the beginning. There's Mm -hmm. an excitement level when you finish, but there's very low excitement (laughs) (laughs) through the middle as, as you realize, uh, how much work it is. And, and I think the point there is, is when you envision it, it is, it's, it's perfect in your head at least it's, it's ethereal. Like there's something, you have an idea of what this thing could be. And as you start working on it, you realize, oh my gosh, there's no way this thing is going to match what my vision is. Cause I don't have the ability. I don't have, you know, the resources. Um, but I think, I think the way to, to get through that is to still keep that vision in your head and think, okay, I'm, I just this thing just needs to exist in some form or another as a finished product, and and it won't be perfect, but it will be something that I've that I've finished. That always comes back to that: finished, not perfect, right? I think the other thing too, I like what Will said is is sort of this imposter syndrome thing where you tell yourself, "Well, I have no business writing a children's book, or I have no business writing a book on um, business principles." Uh, That should be left to, to people who are, you know, twice as successful or 10 times as successful as me. What, you know, what should I do? But the, the, the truth of it is, is everybody has something to offer. Everybody Mm -hmm. has something unique to bring to the table. Uh, And so you shouldn't, you shouldn't be the one that, that, um, uh, the the that cancels the project, you know, let someone else pass that on to someone else, make a thing, make an offering and, and let the, let the, let people decide whether they want it, whether they want it or not. That's not your job. Your job is to make it.
1: Yeah. Um, the, another thing to go along with, with that, what you're saying there is, you know, you're, you're not going to be the same person you are today in five years. You're going to be a different person in 10 years in 20 years and 30 years. You may not have the project, uh, you know, a grandiose or an amazing project in you at this point, you know, right now. But you do have unique things right now, and they might be smaller things. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way that people get to the point where they make amazing projects is look at at the history of projects that they've done prior to it. And Mm -hmm. it's like each time you pave the road a little further. And so when you, like when Jake Parker decides to launch a Kickstarter now, based on all the projects you've done, even before you were an illustrator... As a child, you did, you made children's books.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You made comics. Uh-huh. Um, each one of those puts a little pavement down. And then the road grader and the paver goes a little further each time you do a project to where you're co- kind of in the beginning of a new project now, you're kind of just coasting down this nice paved road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you, and then you get to where the road grader is and you just have to push it a little further. Right. But, yeah. but, but some people try to do that, that, that big project where they haven't paved any road. And that's, that's really hard because when, when that project inevitably fails, now they've paved the road with thorns in the opposite direction. (laughs) So now they have to, they have to overcome that first Mm -hmm. in order to get the, the good pavement going again. And that's tough, but it can be done.
2: It's amazing how much I used to see that. Um, When I was teaching in school uh, in the animation department, we would, like I said we'd start on some kind of concept design or whatever and I'd ask people what they want to do try to put them in the appropriate job roles and and it would never fail there'd be probably be like 3 to 5 kids out of a 20 person class which is a pretty good percentage come up and say I don't want to work for a company I want to own my own video game company or I want to own my own movie studio <laughs> and I'm like all right well tell me about that path you know what I mean yeah, they're like yeah. no right out right out of school and I'm like okay do you have a hundred million dollars and do you right. have teams of people under you and you got have the management
1: ability? experience do you have
2: yeah, I mean, just try to say that, but then then they they would sometimes treat me like I'm just like this you know i'm I'm just putting out the fire to the dream and I'm no we gotta re- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like we got to reroute you because that's just not doesn't happen that often I mean, maybe for the one unicorn person that somehow weaved their way through it mm-hmm. um. But I agree with you. I mean, like each uh, I love that analogy of the road because they are like trying to jump over like the Grand Canyon where there's no bridge has been built at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think doing what you can in, and, and realizing what your capabilities are and and starting small is a great thing. Making something small and beautiful is such a great thing versus trying to do something huge and unwieldy. And then uh, and then it ends up being unfinished.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. See, and and here's another thing. If, if so, I would say, Jake, I'm just, I like using you as an example because you've done so many Kickstarters. But when you when you get ready to launch a Kickstarter, do you have any doubt that you're going to make money doing it? No doubt. No doubt.
0: So you. No, so there's... it's
1: easier for you, and 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 that's a good thing because you. And I'm making a case that you, you you didn't. That's not gifted. That right. you didn't just win the lottery. You proved that you can bring a, a project to uh, market over and over and over again and make right. money with them. So now maybe your doubt is two percent or five percent or something, but you're you know ninety-five percent or ninety-eight percent right that you're gonna make money. And yeah. and that's easier. Is when you get to that point, it is same with me on the book that I'm that my Kickstarter should be live right now with, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, um, and it's, and I, 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 the title of it is, um, is what they don't teach in art school. Um, but, but I know, I know that it's going to fund. There's no question, um, because of all the things I've done before. So, so for you, Jake, the, I would say it's, it's much easier knowing that you're going to make money with your Kickstarter versus the people who haven't proven to themselves that they can make money with a project you know come up with a concept make the thing and mm-hmm. and have success selling it and that's really what we're I think what we're talking about today is getting to the point where it's cause and effect i make a thing and i make money with it because once you know that you're going to have success with it then there's no procrastination it's just can i fit it into my schedule because right. you're going to make you need money to live Mm-hmm. and to do the things you want to do so you're of course you're going to do the project then mm-hmm. right
0: mm-hmm. i think looking at looking going back to tim's great white zeke kickstarter it was cool what he did was he number one loves sharks so he he's picking a project that he already knows a, a, a lot about he knows you know, he's a shark nerd, right? So he's not going <laughs> to draw a great white shark in one panel and draw a tiger shark in the not, in the other mm-hmm. panel. Uh, he's making a book sort of for himself, right? The other thing was he posted it on his own social media, but then he targeted uh, certain groups on Facebook who already love sharks who go shark diving, who, uh, you know, research sharks. And he found all these Facebook groups for sharks and he just started, hey, hey, here's this thing I'm working on. Here's this thing I'm working on posting it one at a time and got feedback from them saying how much they loved it, how cool it was, you know, is this going to be a book? Is this thing going to get, get? you know, you're going to print this thing. And so I think part of it too is um, a lot of times people, kind of hold like to hold their cards close to their chest, right? They don't want to reveal the thing that they're working on because they're worried people are going to steal it. They're worried that people are going to be critical of it. Um, and they're worried that um, uh, I, I, maybe it's just those two things, either that it's going to be stolen or they can't handle the criticism of it. Right. Mm. And I think, I think you need to share your stuff. You need to to work on it. If it's in a if it's in a place where you feel confident, like sharing it, um, you know, not confident, but you you feel like you're in a place where you understand the material enough that that um, uh, you know it's it's developed enough that that you're not just sharing like half baked ideas, but something something somewhat somewhat formed, but I think you share it to get that feedback and you want that feedback and you want to know if people like it or not. And I think if it's something you're, 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 you're passionate about and passion is the primary, primarily the, the, the driving force, then yes, it doesn't matter what, what people think, but you also know going into it, this is going to be a hard road because, uh, uh, no one's gonna appreciate appreciate this thing, right? Yeah, I, I'm sure it'll find its audience somehow. But I think uh, a lot of us take on these projects part partly as their their passion passion project, but they're also there needs to be some sort of uh, financial return on it, otherwise, um, you know, your your time might be better spent doing, doing something else. There needs to be some reward. I think outside of just, this makes me, this makes me happy if it's, uh, if it's a product that you're making. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yes, share it, post it. No one is going to steal your idea. I don't think I haven't ever, I haven't ever seen that really happen. I've seen people come up with similar things Uh, I've seen people influenced by other people, but anytime anybody takes something and tries to do their version of what you're doing, it becomes their version of what you're doing. It it becomes a new, a new thing. So a lot of amateurs are really worried about that. Like, I don't want my artwork to get stolen. I don't want my idea to get stolen. I'm going to, I'm going to hide this. I'm going to keep it, keep it safe. But the, you really risk not hearing what, people think and and what people, uh, say about your idea, because you're so worried about something that's probably not going to happen. It's probably not going to get, get stolen. Let me
2: ask you a, a hypothetical question that kind of goes along those lines, a little bit of flipping the coin there. I see mm-hmm. a lot of people, myself included, um, disillusioned sometimes when say you're working on a project, you come up with the, with your idea and you're gung ho for it. You start doing your sketches, maybe you post some stuff, whatever, midway through you see, all of a sudden the book's on the shelf (laughs) that somebody else did it. And it's like pretty much the same thing you did or like, you know, right along that alley. Um, Mm -hmm. do you move forward with it? Do you abandon it? I mean, there was one specifically, I built made a dummy last year and it, that book came out almost the same thing. And it was such a specific subject matter. And, and me and my agent decided to pull it. I mean, so all that, so it was like six months of my life wasted on doing that thing. And it just kind of, it just took the wind out of the sail so to speak.
0: Mm -hmm. I I think it goes back to what is the, you know, the reason for you pursuing this, this project. Is it purely uh, just self-gratification? Like, yes, I want to, I want to make a children's book. It's just going to be something kept within our family. I'm not going to try and publish it. I'm not going to try and sell it. Then I think you, you move forward and you make it. Um, because it doesn't matter if it's if it's got competitors in the market but if your your dream and your wish is i want to make this thing i want it to to be in people's homes i want it to you know to influence culture or i want it to you know just to be a part of the conversation that's happening out there then you need to have something that is unique that hasn't been said before i think
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah i think that's right because um, my next project's about a shark and a baby Mm. Great white Pete. <laughs> does does the baby eat the shark? <laughs> no, but I think I think you could do, like you could do great, you know, like like T Rex Tim or something like that, yeah. you know, because um, because Great White Zeke is is basically Tarzan, <laughs> you know, it's it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, baby raised by wild beasts, well, right? True,
2: that's true. Um,
0: uh, and I think. You know, it goes back to everything being a remix of something else. And we're just mm-hmm. always, like, adding our vision to s- stuff that's already happened. And I think that's, I mean, there's some core ideas that are just so appealing. Um, what's that, what's that rule? There's like, there's,
2: like, seven or eight different <laughs> stories, and then everything's just a take on
0: yeah. one
2: mm-hmm. on those seven, <laughs> I mean, right?
0: Exactly. And I think, too, uh, situations, too. like Like, not just stories, but, like, situations. Everything's, like we're going to go retrieve something. We're going to go win something. We're going to, um, return something. You know, a, a lot of these stories fall into those, into those. It was all just a so dream.
2: Now. Oh, you can't do that one. That's the most unsatisfying finish.
0: <laughs> it was all just a dream. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nothing really happened.
0: I think another roadblocks, um, keeping you from doing something like this is you're, you're too busy, you're just mm-hmm. too busy with with things, and this isn't a priority and too busy could mean you have taken on a lot of projects that you have to do. you may have a full- time job, a family uh you you work out, you also um, want to have a social life, and you also want to have some sort of uh you know vacation from time to time every year. You want to have a weekend getaway, you know, from time to time. You want to have this balanced life. And so if you want to take on this project, something's, you're going to have to cut something out of your life in order to put that project in there. Mm-hmm. And so that's another like sort of introspective self-evaluation question to ask yourself. It's like, how bad do I want? What am I willing to give up in my life to have this project? And is it is it worth it? And I know the, the example with Tim, cause we talked about this too. He's like, he's really asked, been asking me, you know, leading up to this, like about publishing, about printing, getting books printed in China. And do you do a, you know, how many books do you do? And then what do you do once you have them all, how do you get them distributed? And, you know, is it worth it to kickstart it all this and that. And and he said, and at the end of the day, I, I'm an architect. I don't. I'm. I don't want to shift careers and become a publisher. He's like the amount of time that I'm putting into this. I could be designing another house, and you know, ten ten xing my you know my value for the time that I'm doing right. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but he loves it. He loves this project, and he's willing to push back on some of these other things to have this thing come out to have this thing put into the world, and. I think too, he's come up with something unique enough and and quirky enough that it could find an audience and it could be something you know legitimately uh um valuable to uh, to to culture right mm-hmm. so
2: well, he's already funded so uh, he's already he's already passed that hurdle
0: right so. right, and at the time of this, you'll probably be able to go to his website and and purchase a copy at the time of this uh this podcast airs
1: so you're you're hitting on something that i think is is really important and that is that i i know a lot of people will say to themselves well you know when i retire that's when Mm -hmm. i'll do it because i'll have more time Mm -hmm. or when i finish this job or when i you know i'm gonna have some time over christmas vacation i'll do it then or something things seem to always fill in those gaps though those The times where, you know, you have extra time and most of the successful people that I know that have done things in their lives that, that you look at and you, you go, wow, I can't believe you, uh, you created that business or that you created that project or that you did this or that, or you're the, oh, you're the person who, who did this thing. That's now famous. Almost all of them did exactly what you're talking about. They did it on top of Mm -hmm. their day job. They did it on top of their other work. You know, they, you know, very rarely does someone ever have extra time in their life where they just magically, and then, and then don't fill it with a vacation or, or finally playing that, you know, the whole video game, finishing the the game, you know, 50
0: hours into a video game. Right. (laughs) Have you guys ever done that?
2: I've never, I get too bored on that. (laughs) but uh, I was going to say we did a a dummy challenge when I was in Portland. We had a big group of people that used to uh, meet up for coffee and we'd do little crits and stuff. And I was kind of uh, bored with that because it it would last too long and you just didn't know what you're going to get. So I said, you know, for one of these meetings, monthly meetings, let's do a dummy challenge. We'll all start right now. You can't have anything on paper so far. And when we show up again next month, everyone has a finished dummy. And every single person Mm. did. It was, it was amazing. It was probably 20 dummies. And, you know, if you, if you think about it with a children's book, it's only 32 pages, so 16 spreads. If you do one spread every two days, you can have a dummy in one month. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing yeah. if you just yeah. allocate a page, yeah. you know. Incredible.
0: Well, I've taken some notes here. I kind of want to just review what we've talked about, unless there's anything else you guys wanted to add to this, but these roadblocks.
2: Should I, we talk about family? I mean, there's these are all personal and internal roadblocks. Do you want to talk about external roadblocks, like your family around you all the time? Actually, it that?
0: That reminds me of one more I want to get into. And then I have one more. Okay, right. okay, cool. So here's what it is. Um, you are surrounded. Here's a roadblock. You're surrounded by people who either don't believe in you or um, aren't... Um, facilitating, I I don't want to put too much blame on people, but they aren't making your path easy to go down. (laughs) You're not making it easy for you to go down this path. Um, And it could be that these people um, just aren't doing cool things themselves, right? So sometimes it's hard to go do a a cool, interesting thing if you're surrounded by, um, by people who just don't do that kind of stuff who, who kind of scratch their head and look at you like, why would, why would you do that? And, and I think, um, I'm not saying like, go fire all your friends and and take auditions for new, (laughs) new group (laughs) of friends. But I think you do want to put one or two people in your life who challenge you and who inspire you and who, um, sort of force your hand like like make you want to to improve and 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 get out of your comfort zone. And it could be for me I had a couple people who I just followed very closely online who were always doing cool stuff and I thought okay if they can do it I can do it. You know, if they can figure out a way to to position their lives so they can get this thing done, there's something I can do to to do the same as well. So it might be um, uh, spending more time with people like that in your personal life, or it might be um, following less people who aren't inspiring you or who give you anxiety, and following more people who uh, uh, motivate you to to be like them or to uh, achieve the kind of things that they're achieving. I like what were cool. yours? What were yours, Will? What was your other one?
1: Um, the um the it's important for everyone to realize that we're not all the same and that some of us and myself included, I really learn by failing. I would rather fail and, and, and go, okay, this is, this is, this is, uh, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm taking the information from, from what didn't work. And this, this comes from like trying to fix something at home and just trying to, you know, rather than mm-hmm. rather than calling a repairman or 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 something like that, try to figure out a way to, to fix it. And a lot of times my fixes will fail. But I but I take that information and I and I've learned more from it. And I and I and I know that there are other people who really don't work that way. I think it's important to know how you work. But if if you do start with small projects, the thing that happens is you'll reveal challenges that you could never have predicted for the bigger projects, right? So you're, Mm -hmm. you're going to teach yourself. Oh, and, and what comes to mind is, um, you know, I get asked every week, multiple times a week to illustrate some person's children's book. You know, we've talked Mm -hmm. about this on the podcast a lot. And I got one a few days ago that I still need to respond to. And this, this woman, uh, is, I, I think she's probably pretty young. She's just had her first kid. She said in the letter, but the way that she tried to hire me to work on her project was, the, the, the letter went something like this, I, I need to make sure that, like, you're, I love your artwork, but I need to make sure that you're um, going to pan out for me, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, the, mm-hmm. And so I need you to answer these questions and I need you to send me some more sample artworks because I'm considering hiring you. And what she doesn't understand is, um, obviously, from that letter, I mean, there's so many things that we could go into that she doesn't understand about publishing a book. She, she didn't put anything in there that would make me confident that she knows anything about what she's trying to uh-huh. embark upon. So the list of things that she doesn't know is is so vast. Um, and she's trying to do a project that's that's fairly big. I mean, a children's book is a big project, right? Right, um, uh, right, you know, and it's and without getting into the details, it's just obvious that she knows zero about the industry, so mm-hmm. again the the getting the education through small projects, if it fails, you have to know you're actually closer to success than before the failure, and that's hard for people to understand. that's hard for some people they they want to quit after that it failed, but you're actually on the path to success. Every entrepreneur, every person that's done lots of projects can also talk about the long list of failures they've had. Those failures are components to the successes that they have after that. Mm -hmm. And without those, you know, I mean, so you have to be able to go in going, okay, what did I learn? And be humble enough to say, after the dust settles, you can't do it in the moment because it hurts too bad. Right. After the dust settles, what? why did what did i not know oh i didn't know this and now i've learned this and now i've learned this you're just made more pavement towards mm-hmm. the next project
0: and
2: mm-hmm. i think cool. that story exaggerates another little thing that you want to be humble during this whole process and and honest with not only yourself but other people that you're trying to work with like that lady that you're talking about will if that if that was me and i was reaching out to you i'd be like man i'm maybe way off base here i'm just kind of putting the feelers out i don't know what i'm doing and approach it like that. Would you be interested in this at all? And, and you know, I don't yeah. know, just throwing out there, you know, when you don't know something, you're the beginning. And then having a, an attitude about it. Yeah. Or, or all these expectations on other people and yourself as well is just, you know, setting yourself up for, for failure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, her vibe was definitely one of, if if I so choose to grant you the opportunity to work on my self-published <laughs> right. book, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and you know what we're all like that about things growing up so i'm laughing at her but i'm also laughing at myself because there have been plenty of times where i was completely out of my league totally uneducated yeah. and i can look back when i was younger and, and say oh these people were probably laughing at me when i approached them
0: like for anytime i've tried to hire someone to work on something in my house or right. in my yard or, right
2: there's got to be willing to look like an idiot and and things typically go well if you're humble And you're willing to admit, I I remember when I was redoing the plumbing in my first house and I had no idea what I was doing. I actually laid out the plumbing at the store, for my entire house, (laughs) at the store. Because every time I would get home, there'd be some little thing that I forgot or something doesn't fit right. I just wanted to make sure it all worked together. And I'm laying it out and the, and the, 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 the helper guy comes over and he's like, hey, it looks like you got a project going on here. I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm trying to figure this out. I just want to make sure it works. He sat with me. He's like, "Oh, you're going to need this part. You're going to need this part." And like, we laid out the whole thing because I didn't try to to fake it. That I, did. Right. I I admitted that I didn't know anything. or what I was yeah. doing, and it and it worked out fine. Well,
1: and you had failures before you'd gone. Yeah, every time restore. I go to
2: the store and it come back and right. it doesn't work, and same you know over and over I did that. Uh, you know, and then I said, "You know what? I'm just going to do the whole thing there."
0: That's cool. So staying humble and your failures are. Even advancements you because you learned something,
1: yeah, and right it takes it's hard to look at them that way, especially in the moment. and when my right. first Kickstarter failed, i it's a feeling that you i mean you just it's horrible, right. you know, I <laughs> it, didn't know you
2: had, I didn't know you had one that that didn't work out
1: yeah, i tried to I tried to do uh i did you know, and I made a YouTube video on all the things I did wrong as kind of a a way to heal from it, you know. Mm-hmm. uh as, as a way to unpack the whole thing and, and put it to rest. I actually did a YouTube video on all my failures. I tried to fund an app. Well people don't like why why would someone give me ten dollars for an app that they might think will end up for you know a couple bucks or free. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so right out of the gate, funding a digital product, product I think is probably almost always a mistake. Because... I feel
0: like I failed you there, Will. Because um, either I wasn't supportive of enough after the Kickstarter, or mm-hmm. I wasn't—I didn't give you any advice before the Kickstarter.
1: Well, you, <laughs> you I thought you did. I did. You failed me for the last time, and so that's why I—I <laughs> <laughs> I don't Prior take your advice that. anymore. <laughs> no, to, yeah. I'm just um yeah. But no, I I tried to fund an app, and the other mistake I made was I tried to change my style to a really simplistic style. Mm-hmm. So the people that followed me for the work that they were used to seeing were like, hmm, "What's this? Nothing for me
0: here. Nothing for <laughs> me here."
1: And then they were also like, "And why would I give you ten dollars for an app that you might put on Free App Friday or or something like that? You know." And yeah. uh, it, and but I had to learn. There were a lot of other lessons too that I went through and I was like, okay, got it. And then, you know, my next Kickstarter was a big success. So it was hard and it was hard to launch the next one because in my mind, what if it fails? Now I'll have two mm-hmm. fails, failures, you know, so it's tough when you have that failure. But at the same time I was so much more prepared for the next one.
0: But Kickstarter is like the optimal like solution for someone wanting to do a project, because if it fails, if it fails, you, it's no big deal. Like right. you don't, you're not stuck with a bunch of cash. You're not stuck with a product that you can't right. sell.
1: You're out a lot of time and effort, but you have yeah. to know, you have to treat that effort as if it's a, a college class you just got right. three more credits, right? Uh, you know, exactly. you just learned. And if you can do that, mm-hmm. um, you're, you're on your way. to to many successes.
0: Yeah. I worked with, uh, I'm working with a a board game company that launched a Kickstarter for another uh, one of their board games and they ended up pulling the plug on it because it wasn't getting the kind of traction that they wanted to or expected it to. And, Mm -hmm. and really it was like they have a distributor set up, they have things in position to sell this game to the right people but they wanted to see if the demographic on Kickstarter would also be interested in it. And turns out they weren't. And so they're like, okay, we're done. We'll, uh, we'll just focus our energies on this other thing. And, Mm -hmm. and for them, it was just market research, honestly, like we could potentially make some extra money and make some extra fans on this thing over Mm -hmm. here. But if not, we'll just do it the traditional way. Mm -hmm. So that's another Another way to look at but I don't want to get too far off topic. So I'm going to wrap this up here. Roadblocks keeping you from, just a review, roadblocks keeping you from completing your project. Number one, you cannot commit to a decision. You've got too many opportunities in front of you. You've got shiny object syndrome. You see something really cool over here. Oh, I want to do that. And then you see another cool thing. Oh, let's stop this. Let's go move on to the other thing. So number one, you can't commit to a decision. That's a roadblock. And, uh, and the first thing is you just have to pick a thing that you're going to work on and, and have that be your thing. Number two, you're too busy. You just have too much on your plate. And so, uh, once you've got your project picked, you're going to have to, um, clear out a portion of your schedule to work on that. And that might be giving up, um, uh, Netflix, it might mean giving up a video game. It might, I've done it before. I love working out. I love running, but there's been times where I'm like, okay, running is going to have to take a back seat for a month while I put those hours that I would put into running into this project. And so you just have to decide what's, what's more valuable, what's more important to you. Um, you are not surrounded by people who support you or inspire you. So the solution there is to, um, search for people who can motivate you, inspire you, whether in your personal life or in your online life, um, and, and cut out voices and cut out, uh, people in your life who, who do not believe in you and who, who do not want to see you succeed or don't care if you succeed or not. Um, the next thing is and, and Will talked a lot about this, is to start small. You don't take on that massive project first thing. You start small. Yes, I've done um, four Kickstarters, and I have this confidence that my Kickstarters will turn a profit, but young Jake started by doing um, paying a dollar to Kinko's to photocopy a comic that I drew. I stapled it myself, <laughs> and I put them in a... PayPal shop. Uh, there wasn't even a shop. It was just a page on my website. And then if you want this, here's a $5 you could send to my PayPal. And that was the first thing I ever did. And I sold 50 of them, you know, and it was like a very, uh, you know, low barrier for me to like figure out how online, I guess, economics works. So that was the first thing that I did that like two or three times. I made, uh, uh these little, Photocopied Kinko's photocopied books and um, Kinko's doesn't exist anymore, does it? I guess it's a FedEx copy station now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, and then the next thing was, well, I want to work with a real publisher. So I found a publisher in Texas and I asked, how do I send you the print files? And they showed me, here's how you prep your book for print. And I got a book like Perfect bound, not stapled, but perfect bound and, and printed, and ordered way too many copies. Never sold through them all, but um, I sold enough to to pay for the printing, so that was good. And that just one thing after another led to to where I'm at today, where you know it's it's like dealing with overseas printers and you know looking at proofs and and just doing the whole thing myself. So start small and work your your. your I guess that roadblock there is is you're taking on something way too big. And that's what's stopping you from from completing it. Um, the next thing is you're in the middle of this, and you just feel like you're faking it. Yeah, that's a huge roadblock. You think that you're not qualified to do this. You think that you, um, uh, you know, this is best uh, left to to someone more talented than you, more attractive than you, more just more sm- smarter than you. Uh, and and the reminder there is that well, I know a lot of people who are really smart, who aren't successful. And I know a lot of people, a lot of idiots who are really successful. No, Uh, (laughs) I don't want to say that, but uh, uh, I don't consider myself. um, I'm definitely not the smartest guy in the room whenever there's a room full of people, but I, I know I kind of sort of stay in my lane and I know to do what I know how to do. And, uh, and, and I do suffer from imposter syndrome from time to time, but you know, you, got, you just have to realize everyone's faking it. Nobody knows everything and, and everybody's is treading on new territory from time to time. So just know that you're not alone when you feel like you're, you're faking it. And that leads me to the next one is to stay humble, which was what Lee brought up, stay humble and know that, uh, if you do fail, if you do fall on your face, it's, it is just a, um, uh, it's just a learning experience. And that leads me to the next one. You haven't given yourself a deadline. Um, you haven't given yourself some sort of, um, uh, reason to finish this. And that could be, I want to finish it by a certain date. It could be that, um, uh, there needs to be some sort of thing that gets you, makes you realize that if you don't work on it to this specific schedule, it will never happen. So always give yourself some sort of finished date and it's going to be finished by that date so that you can put it out and move on to the next, to the next project. So that would be, Oh, and then the last thing you've got yourself a deadline. The last thing we talked about, I think this is number nine, (laughs) is to push through the dip. It's going to get hard and it's going to get it's going to feel dumb, it's going to look dumb, it's going to not match your vision. But I always keep in mind during that that hard time in the middle, I always keep in mind, nope. Um it needs to exist in the world and I want to have this be the thing, you know, I want to have this thing actually exist. And I have myself a deadline that I need to meet, so that's what's gonna that's what's gonna motivate mm. me through this. Because if I don't uh, work on the th- stuff I said I would get done today, it will it will I'll miss that deadline and uh, and it won't happen. And so uh, uh, often helps too. Like if you say like if it is gonna be a Kickstarter that you're gonna have fun this thing, where you. Set like a launch date for that Kickstarter, so that you know, um, uh, you know, it has to be done before that. Or if you're gonna have it partially finished, but finish it after the Kickstarter launches on your Kickstarter, it says when are you gonna deliver this product to the people? That is a firm deadline because you've publicly stated it. And uh, and I think that's it.
1: Why, why is it important for you, Jake, to create? projects
0: uh why is it important for
1: for me and, and why is it for this podcast why is it important for why are you encouraging other people to create projects
0: Just throw me a curveball there will uh, <laughs>
2: yeah right at the end he's wrapping up and all of a sudden he throws this like <laughs>
0: uh i think for me uh, uh having a project and and why i always keep doing projects is um it makes me feel like it makes me feel i guess useful hmm. uh, it makes me feel like i'm contributing and am making a mark and uh and i do and and there's this thing inside me that wants to um just wants to know what's possible mm-hmm. you know you get an idea and oh wouldn't it be cool if this happened and you realize no one else is going to do it if you don't do it and mm-hmm. so you go do it to see that thing be- exist and that's i think that's what keeps driving me there too i think that's th- a common yeah I, I think that's a common thing
1: for artists in general is to feel like their life had meaning that they that you know what i mean that that we left yeah. something that's that can live on without us
0: yeah cuz i think even a, a a big factor too is like this last kickstarter I was like, well, I could go look for some freelance jobs or I could do this Kickstarter. Uh, One way or another, I need to pay the bills in April or May or whatever (laughs) coming up here. Um, So I decided to do the Kickstarter because it will pay me up front. I'll make a profit up front. Uh, I'll, I'll have enough to pay for all the supplies, but then I'll have some money to live on. And then I'll order enough books that I could sell them in my shop and and just have another thing to sell and to make money over the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's always this, I guess, financial aspect to it, um, for a lot of these projects. But, but, you know, at the end of the day, there's a hundred ways to make money. And, and I could go, you know, I could go just call up people and say, Hey, I'm looking for work. Can you guys throw me anything? Mm -hmm. And, and this is just a little bit more satisfying to make a thing and to put it out there and to have um and and to have it not be uh so wrapped up and connected to um uh you know, if the, the kind of jobs I'm thinking of are I'm gonna work on a commercial or I'm gonna work on this established property things that already exist or things that essentially are trying to sell something, trying to sell, mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of times, uh, you know, just could be these big products or whatever. Um, but when I work on a personal project, I'm actually making something that hopefully people haven't seen before or something new and, and, and fresh. So yeah, good question. Well, appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Lee, you want to add anything or are we good?
2: Wanna ask you what the meaning of life is
0: before you wrap up. <laughs> uh, real quick, Jake, five seconds. Can you just tell us? <laughs>
2: no, let's wrap it up. Uh, all
1: right. I'll buddy. tell you Take... what the I'll tell you what the meaning of life is. You ready? Okay. Yeah, let's hear it. It's, I don't know. It's it's to throw in that last question and throw as Jake is wrapping up. Just or the last meaning in life is
0: is watching people squirm a little bit (laughs) that's what gives it meaning it really does (laughs) all right Uh, okay thank you for joining us today on the podcast thank you for sitting through and listening to this if you made it to the end we appreciate it um uh this this podcast three-point perspective it's made possible by svslearn.com We're becoming a great illustrator starts. And your hosts today have been Will Terry, Lee White, and Jake Parker. That's me. Will Terry's artwork can be found online at willterry.com. You can also follow him on Instagram at willterryart. Lee White's artwork can be found at leewhiteillustration.com. And you can follow him on Instagram at leewhiteillow. And my work can be found at mrjakeparker.com. And I'm on Instagram at Jake Parker. Podcast produced by Aaron Painter. Thank you, Aaron, for all that you do. Uh, you can find his work at painterdraws.com. And podcast is edited by Alex Sugg. That's Sug with two Gs. And you can find his work at alexsugg.com. And our video is edited for the uh, YouTube version of this podcast. is edited by Daniel Too. And you can find his stuff at daniel2.co and 2 is spelled T-U. And lastly, podcast is shared by Lisa Fott online and, and shared on our email list and shared all around. So that's we appreciate all the work that she does there. All right, everybody. Thank you and uh, hope to see you next time.